Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Dreamer's Manual Podcast. I am your host, Julie Calcope, and the goal of this podcast is to give you the tips, tricks, advice, and inspiration to pursue the life of your dreams. Now, today's guest, Jennifer Spiegel, exemplifies the goal of this podcast so perfectly. If you haven't met Jen, she is the founder of Becoming Iconic. In 2003, Jen left her corporate marketing career to become a stay-at-home mom, and while she loved being home with her kids, she had a burning desire to set goals and create a life of her dreams. She decided to jump into entrepreneurship, which has created multiple seven-figure businesses, memories made all over the world, and radical responsibility for how she spends her days. And today on the podcast, it was just such an absolute joy to talk about some of these things. I think it's going to be very inspiring. And as we talk about in the episode, I hope it's a little triggering for some people because it's only when we have conversations and we hear things that take us out of our comfort zone or kick our record groove out of the train of thought that we've been thinking that sometimes we can make those really profound shifts and changes that make the most difference in our lives. We talk about how important radical personal responsibility is to your life and your business, the real meaning of time freedom, why living in pleasure and joy today will give you financial and emotional abundance, and so much more. Now I do have with this episode one tiny bit of bad news. Everything before this was the really good news. The bad news is, and we joke about this in the episode, we did record this and there were some technical difficulties. So Jen sounds like the queen that she is. And that's the most important. I love it when I can really highlight and share my guest knowledge and experience because that's the goal of these guest episodes. But my audio is a little rough. I sound at times sort of like a robot in a blender. So just know that that is very like little. I'm going to ask a question and get out of the way for Jen to share her expertise. But Jennifer's message and what she shares was so important. I felt like you guys wouldn't mind a little, you know, 30 seconds of me sounding a little funny compared to the quality of not only Jen's audio, but what she has to share. As you guys know, we'll have everything we talk about linked in the show notes, but you can find Jen at becomingiconic.co and also on Instagram at becomingiconic. Thank you so much for listening. It means so much that you would choose to spend a little bit of your day with us. (laughs) Jen, I'm so excited to have you as a guest on the Dreamers Manual podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful to be here. I'm really, really looking forward to our conversation. But first, for those in the audience that haven't got to meet you yet, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Well, thank you for that opportunity. I appreciate it. Well, it's been a long journey to get to this point. I think that's a really important thing as people get introduced to others, especially entrepreneurs out there on the space. It looks like we've had this overnight success, but this has been a long, treacherous road, to be quite honest with you. And it stems back from childhood where I knew I wanted to support women. Um, That was gifted to me. I remember the moment that that was told to me. I was crunching ice under my rain boots on a walk by myself in nature. And I thought that was going to come through the, the way of fashion and supporting women to sort of dress in a way that made them feel confident and exude their their personality. And that wasn't the way, although I went to school for it and loved it. It moved me into marketing and public relations, 
which I thought was going to turn into a lifestyle magazine. And then I became pregnant and got married really young. So life kind of flipped upside down. And a lot of those dreams that I had just kind of got put up on the shelf and they have been collecting dust over the year, but becoming iconic. And this, this company that I run is really about taking those dreams off of the shelf and taking the dust off of them and, and bringing life back to the vision that we once had. I think as women, so much of our decisions and our choices in our day are about being sacrificial. So what I mean by that is I, a lot of women I work with, it's, it's as though we feel, or it's been ingrained in us that if we thrive and strive towards being all of ourselves and our potential, that somehow we're hurting our families or neglecting our families. And so we've been in this really interesting crossroads for such a long time. And one of the things I stand for is eradicating sacrificial living for women, for us to see our capacity and for us to realize that by us dimming down or staying small or, you know, severing those parts of ourselves that we feel called to, to in order to raise a family isn't necessarily the way. And what if we tried something different and we played with capacity and saw what we were made of? And I think this is the, the superpower that we're all trying to explore, but it's just where you are on this journey. And once you taste it and like dip your toe into that, there's really no turning back because that is the empowerment movement. That's that's the realization of what we're capable of when we can see that we can do all things and we really get to have an and light. It's so interesting that you say that because it feels like a conversation that we've been having. And also it feels like a very cutting edge conversation because there's so many layers and it feels like to me, I just saw a video yesterday where there was a college professor talking about this from the perspective of Harry Potter. And so it was a lot of people could understand. And he was looking at the character of Hermione and saying, if the character of Hermione was a boy or a girl or a man or a woman, what kind of things would be different? What perceptions that we would have that would shift for that character? And I'm so happy that there are people like you out in this space who are continuing to support women and really empowering them in such an incredible way. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And it's an exploration. I, I'm on it. I'm on the journey. I haven't figured it out. I do know that I'm further down the path than many. And that's surely from, you know, just putting myself in the arena over and over and over again. As a mom of four, I have six different streams of income under the umbrella of becoming iconic. I am dedicated to my husband. I am dedicated to my wellness and health. To hold all of that is not an easy task. It's not something that necess even necessarily comes naturally for me. But what I do have and what has always been a part of me is this dedication and pursuit to becoming better every single day. That is just something that I was born with. And I know that maybe not everybody has tapped in in that way, but I do believe we all have the ability to tap into that. I do believe as women, if we start to unravel and untether ourselves from a lot of things that have been told to us, the blueprints that we have bought into, the narratives we're participating in, I do believe if we conscientiously unravel some of that, we really do have the ability to wake up every day and say, let's see what we're made of. What could we do? What kind of memory can I create? How can I show up? How can I contribute to the world, to my family, to my business? And that is 
palpable. Like it is something that's so gorgeous. And I think when we see that in another woman, it is inspiring. It is revealing. And it also gives us that permission slip. Not that we need one, but I do know that there's not women before us who have done what we're doing. We're the first generation. I think it's the most exciting time to be a woman. I mean, we are the pioneers. We are the women changing changing the narrative, changing the dynamic for what is possible for the generations to come. And so we're going to be messy and we're going to do some, some big things that are for us and some big things that are not for us as we figure this out. But I, I think it's just such a time to jump in the deep end and be a part of it. I always say that if my mom or my grandma had the opportunities that I have with this, you know, worldwide web that brings us so many gifts, really, you know, it's like there are things that are out there that can be challenging, but ultimately the gifts that I've had to be able to be available for my family, build a business, do things for myself has just been absolutely incredible and so grateful for, you know, the experience of having it. Yeah. Yeah. Like imagine we get to wake up every day and go, what do we want to be? You know, what do we want to do? Who do we want to meet? I think social media has such a bad reputation and I don't believe it's, it's just, you know, I think it's really easy for us to point our finger and use it as our excuse for why we're feeling the way we're feeling. But I think actually social media it's how you use it or misuse it that is causing that turmoil inside. I love social media. I adore it, actually. I wake up every day. It is my creative outlet. I look forward to journaling. It's it's my literal journal entries every single day. I show up and I meet people all over the world who I never ever would have been able to meet if it were not for this gorgeous platform that gives us that kind of resource and connection point. And so for me, it's, it's, it's always so abundant, but I do know for some it's very triggering. So again, it's not necessarily social media that is doing that to us. It's who we're being in social media that is doing that to us. Well, let's dig into that a little bit more because one of the things that we wanted to talk about today is radical personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so your comments about social media really feel like, like I think there, and I'm sure you experience this, there are people that will push back on that and say, no, social media can create X, Y, Z. But to take that responsibility, which I happen to agree with you on, like I am in full control of my social media. I go through it quarterly. I edit, audit, mute, unfollow, follow, do all all those very purposefully. And I find it to be a joyful place and a place of community. I know not everybody has that experience. So can you share personal responsibility as it relates to business leadership or, you know, living our lives? Yeah. It's not an easy subject. No, it's big. (laughs) Right. It is. And it's, it's triggering and there's, there is so much responsibility in it. And it's really easy for us to finger point, especially as women. I'm just going to call us out because I am one and I'm in that community. And so I feel like even if you don't know me, if you get to know me, you know that everything that comes through me is through love and I love to build trust with people. So, you know, I feel like we are really easy to make things wrong and we're really easy to make excuses and it's really easy to, to suggest and point our finger of like, this is why. And I understand the behavior. I understand where it comes from. And we have a long history of things being done to us and towards us that would create that sort of um, 
let's call it guard or a wall. But we know better now. And we can do better when we know better. And I believe what we're being asked to do is take the responsibility to look in the mirror, to say, rather than look for validation, rather than look for the permission, whatever it is I'm looking for outside of myself, I'm really going to come home. Someone recently said to me, you know, Jen, I just really need to like find myself again And that breaks my heart a little bit because there's this feeling like you've lost yourself. We don't lose ourselves. It's just a coming home. It's a a presence that we get to offer to ourselves once again, maybe when we feel a little out of touch. It's not something you have to go out and find. It's here. It's like within you. But it's this centeredness, this steadiness that it is asking. And so personal responsibility is hard work. It's saying, I'm willing to look at the traumas, the experiences, the circumstances of my life and heal. I'm willing to look at that healing and take the lessons and apply them and do something different moving forward. I am going to be responsible for the way I feel and the emotions that come up and you know, the, the triggers that, that spark in me in a day. And rather than say she or filter or because, I'm going to say, why is this triggering me? I'm going to really spend more time with myself. And by spending more time with ourselves, we start to really see those areas that need some healing, some love, some grace, and most of all, forgiveness. I think that's the biggest component to women is we have a lot of forgiveness to to give to others, but we have a ton of forgiveness to give to ourselves. And that was one of the biggest things in my healing journey was realizing that so much of my life and the things that I felt like, you know, that person did me wrong or this person did this to me. Yes, I needed to forgive them, but so much of that had to come back to me forgiving myself for allowing that to happen in the first place, for allowing somebody to speak to me like that, forgiveness for the 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 things I did back. And so I know I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole, but it's really important because we want to skip over these parts. We think personal responsibility is like this this leadership people are seeing in us. I would say personal responsibility is the leadership that nobody sees. The moment where nobody's looking. Who are you being? What are you doing? How are you dreaming? How are you visualizing? How are you showing up for yourself? Because if you're not doing those things, it will always be a bit of a performative persona. It'll always be a bit of a facade and mask, which is why we're being triggered by those other people we witness putting on a facade, putting on a mask. It's because we're still wearing one ourselves in some way, shape or form. That's so beautifully said. I wonder if, because I can imagine somebody who's hearing this for the first time, they're relatively new to this idea of personal responsibility, saying that could feel overwhelming. And certainly, as I know, doing this work also, there's a lot of areas where I consider it sort of like a victim mentality. Like, where am I showing up as a victim? Where am I acting like that in my life? In my mindset is where it comes down to, but it can feel very messy without some support or some steps to walk through. And I'm wondering if people reach out to you and maybe it's being part of a community like yours, where you're surrounded with people who are also on that same journey. Where do you recommend that people really get started with doing this? Two things come up for me right off the bat. And one is the word discernment. It's one of my favorite words. And it was my word in 2022, 
2021 or 2022. Um, and discernment came from me really understanding that I had lived most of my life looking for validation outside of myself. And so how that played out was I needed my clients to tell me that I was doing a great job in order to feel like I was doing a great job. I needed my husband to constantly affirm his love for me in order to feel safe in my relationship. I needed people to tell me I was making an impact in order to feel like I truly was making an impact. It was, it makes me emotional even talking about it because it's just, it was so ingrained in me that I couldn't recognize it in myself. I could when someone told me, like I could accept the compliment, I could accept the validation, but I couldn't feel it without that. It was a really, it's unfortunate in certain ways. So I really had to learn the word discernment and discernment led me down this path of personal responsibility where it was like, is this true for me? How do I feel? Why do I feel? Asking myself so many questions, the curiosity that blossomed in my spirit was profound. And so that's the first step in personal responsibility is owning discernment to sit with things for just even a minute. It doesn't have to be long to ask yourself, is this true for me? Am I showing up the way I know I can right now? Why am I feeling this way in this moment, in this conversation? To have those reflection points with yourself is so transformative, not only for you, but for everybody who is in your life. And the second thing is I, I ask myself these questions. I say, am I blaming? Am I justifying? Or am I building my life and business? So blaming is, well, my client, you know, isn't showing up the way she's supposed to. So we're blaming somebody else. So that's, you're either in that. Justifying could be a little bit like you and I before we hit record. Well, you know, it's Mercury retrograde and that's why. And, you know, so we justify outcomes or we're building. And when we're building, yes, sure, there may be circumstance and life and things coming at us, but we're in this this posture of leadership to say, okay, this is coming at me. How am I going to navigate? How am I going to move through this? What could I do differently? And so asking yourself, am I blaming right now? Am I justifying or am I building my life? It will hold that level of discernment because the answer is going to be obvious. And then the tricky part is to own that answer. That's the tricky part. So if you catch yourself blaming, it's saying, okay, how can I shift or pivot out of the way I'm responding right now into a way that serves myself and this person I'm with or my business or my life? And it's a practice and it's a practice you do forever. So it's not something you do for a short time and then you're like, I got this and you never have to think about it again. This is a practice that is involved in my everyday life. I had a client today who had some feedback and um, with the agency and some of the work that we were doing. And I'm not afraid of it because here's what I get to do. I get to hold space for her. I get to hear her out. There's two sides to every story. This truth always lies somewhere in between. And I am building something. So I want to receive this feedback back and how I receive it and how I move through it will dictate a very different outcome. Either we're going to shift and maneuver and figure this out, or it's going to turn sour. And I don't want that. I don't want that in my marriage. I don't want that with my clients. I don't want that with anybody. So there's a big awareness that starts to come into play when you're taking on personal leadership and personal responsibility that again, it's like every moment 
every day gives you an opportunity to practice it. And sometimes you have to take a little bit more time, but you'll see as you season yourself in this and these practices, you actually are very quick to maneuver through. You'll catch yourself and course correct quickly. And I know you shared a little bit about what's on the other side of this, but I think it can be so helpful for people when they're doing their vision casting, when they're in the middle of something messy that they're unwinding, to have that vision of what are the possible rewards on the other side. Can you give us a little bit of that? And I don't want to say the other side, because as you said, it's a lifelong process. But as this becomes second nature, as it becomes easier for you, what are the benefits of that? So people can hold that in their intentions and move towards that with purpose. Sure. Well, the the superpower of a woman, the thing that is irrefutable is compassion. It's just, it's our superpower. And sometimes we feel in compassion that maybe we're too soft or maybe we're going to let somebody walk all over us. I actually think you can hold compassion with a lot of posture and boundaries. So even today, for example, that client, you know, I was able just to hold space for her. Holding space is such a powerful thing. Just let her say the things that she needed to say to feel seen, because ultimately that's all we want. All of us want to feel seen, cared for, and loved. That's it. It's so simple, but it's not so simple. And so by holding space for her and and hearing her out and not rebuking or giving an excuse or, you know, bringing back like why this is different or whatever, you know, my experience was, I just held space. And in that, guess what happened? She ended up saying, oh my gosh, this is the most incredible experience. She signed up a huge contract with us. And it was, it was so beautiful because there was no manipulation. There was no, you know, ego involved. It was simply two women coming together, having a conversation both holding space and love and compassion and then like almost healing each other through that. Like I can feel that when I work with certain people, it's like there's a healing taking place in the, like in the moment and it's building trust. So when we do this over and over again, what happens is you have a reputation. You have a reputation of good, a reputation of caring, a reputation of integrity, a reputation of value and leadership and consideration And that is the most beautiful asset any of us can have. You want to build a great big business? You better have a great big beautiful reputation. You want to build a great big beautiful home? You better have a reputation for your children and your husband. These reputations are, can we count on her? Is she going to stick to the things she said she's going to do? Is she going to love us regardless? Is she safe? And we hold that as women. Like how sacred and beautiful. And yet. And yet that can be muddy and foggy and we can trip as we start to really unrealize that the more we open our hearts does not mean the more vulnerable and unsafe we are. As a matter of fact, the more we open our hearts, I think the more we're all, the better we're all going to be. I think the better the world is going to be. I believe wealthy women are going to change the world. I believe we're going to do that because we do good things with money. We, we do things for others. We are so just available to serve and protect and help. And so 
as you start to navigate personal responsibility, you have to understand the, the beginning parts are going to feel messy and uncomfortable and you're not going to want to do it. It's probably going to feel like a toddler, like throwing their fists on the ground, being like, no, 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 no. Almost like an inner temper tantrum. It's not going to feel good. But the trust is, okay, I'm going to work through this because on the other side, who can I be? And when you get to that other side, it's really an interesting journey because there's a lot of clarity, but you also realize, I remember this in my business even, you know, you climb this summit and you reach sort of this point that you've been working towards and you realize when you get to the top, the view is gorgeous. You know, the, the reflection on the mirror is gorgeous, but you also realize there's another mountain on the other side. You couldn't see beyond this summit until you got there and you look and you go, oh, wow, okay, um, we're not there yet. And actually, are we ever there? This is a lifelong journey. There is no destination. The only thing we can pursue that will feel like we're on a map, that we're on our way is that pursuit of self. And it is the most powerful medicine, antidote, and I, I would say energizer to our life and business and to those we serve. Let's talk about something that I think is an interesting conversation could be really triggering for some people in really beautiful and powerful ways because we've talked about this personal responsibility. And I think an area that we as women especially struggle with almost as much, if not more so, is that finding pleasure and joy in the everyday experience that we're having, whether we're parenting our kids, whether in, we're in relationship with our partner, building a business. I feel like so many people's minds tell them like this isn't supposed to be fun or they receive messages and taking them in from the culture. This isn't, you know, this is where you show up and you just give all of yourself and there's nothing left for you. And that's okay. That's the season. And you have a different message. And I would love if you would share a little bit about that with us. Yeah, I have a very different message because we're always waiting. It actually gives me goosebumps as you, as you were saying that, like how many of us sit on the sidelines waiting to feel joy, waiting to feel pleasure. And we think that that's going to come when our husbands finally change. We think that's going to come when our kids get older. We think that's going to come when we have a different comma or more zeros after the comma in our bank account. We think these things are going to create the pleasure and joy in our lives. And what it leads to is constant disappointment and expectations that we have projected upon other things outside of ourselves. So if I'm waiting for my husband to change a behavior in order to feel pleasure and joy, I'm robbing myself consistently of pleasure and joy. And it was never his responsibility in the first place. Never was. And when I'm sitting there waiting for him, what do you think he's doing? And maybe not even realizing he's sitting there waiting for me because there's a presence and there's an energy to that. There's a dissatisfaction that is felt. And so we cannot ask our men or our children or our business to rise above where we're not willing to go first, period. So how do you bring it into your day, especially if right now you're feeling strain in your relationship, especially right now if you're feeling money is tight, there's more month than money, especially right now if you're in the midst with a toddler on your leg and you're nursing a baby and trying to build a business. Lord knows I've been raising businesses and babies for 18 years. I get it. I know it. I know the feeling. But what we do is we think once this is done, then I will. 
And then the next thing happens. This is life. This is the guarantee. The guarantee is around the corner is another something, another circumstance, another hurdle, another mountain to climb. So what I do is I take that back, that responsibility. It's kind of leading us back to where we were in the conversation, but in a slightly different direction. So for example, I have fresh roses on my desk. One of the habits I started right away was I'm not going to wait for my husband to buy me flowers. And here's the spoiler. Like, you're all going to think, what? He buys me flowers all the time. So it wasn't that he didn't do that, but you know what would happen? He would buy me carnations and I don't necessarily love carnations. Like that's not a flower I would choose. So what do you think would happen? He'd come home with carnations so happy to gift me with flowers. I would be happy he did it for me, but underlying was a tone of like, I'm disappointed in the flower. I didn't like that. I wanted to eradicate that. I didn't like it. So what did I start doing? I said to him, you know what? I have found this amazing floral company. I'm going to start sending myself flowers with love letters. And it's now a practice in my life. I send flowers to myself with a card of love and appreciation. And, you know, someone would say, well, that's taking away from your husband. It actually wasn't. It was actually giving him space to do something else and stand up in a different way. And for him to know this was actually fueling me. So I took the responsibility of that pleasure. It's a simple, simple answer. The other thing is I create beauty in everything. So there's not a lot of money that's required to go get yourself a beautiful coffee mug that makes you feel elegant, that makes you taste your coffee a little differently when you sip it. There's, there's not a lot of money that's required for that. Those are simple things you could do to settle yourself into a feminine energy, to taste coffee and sip and savor it versus put it in the microwave 10 times before you get the cup done. Getting up a little bit earlier, creating space and time for yourself instead of waiting for your kids to go to school, instead of waiting for, you know, someone to provide you with a spa treatment or, or take you to a hotel, give it to yourself, get up and create a space, put on music, light a candle. I talk all the time, people, you know, I'm wearing one right now. I talk all the time about silk robes because it changed my life. I was in my masculine all the time. And that sort of was serving my business, I could say, because it, it was. It wasn't necessarily the way I wanted to show up in my business constantly, but it was serving. But it was certainly hindering my my home. Because what would happen, I'd leave my office, I'd walk in the kitchen, and I was drill sergeant. Get your homework done, eat the dinner, make a, you know, clean up the kitchen. Well, like it was just constant. And I thought that was my feminine because I'm mothering. It was actually masculine because I'm, you know, it's to do, let's get things done. It's actioning. So what I did is I got myself a silk robe and this was my anchor. This was my cue and clue to shift. And there's nothing like putting silk on your bare skin. Like if you put it along your arm and you're putting it on, it drops you into a presence of femininity. And what that did was allow me to walk through my office door and into my home in a different presence. And it was felt and it was seen. And those things, those anchors you can give to yourself will be so pivotal for you to ask yourself, what do I desire? How do I want to show up right now? How do I want to feel what are the things I'm craving in my life to invite more of that in? But you've got to stand up and own the responsibility of that versus expecting it from somebody else to give it to you. There's a lot in there. <laughs> no, I love the examples very much because I find, and I don't know if you have experienced this as well, but when I work, especially with my clients or anybody one-on-one, -on -one, 
sometimes what comes up is we talk about this joy in experiencing those things on a daily basis. Some people will say like, I, I feel like I'm going to lean too far into that. Like if I was in my joy, I'd be laying on the couch with no responsibilities. I would never get up again. And I'm curious if you've ever heard that response and what your, your answer is to that. Is that joy? Is it joy to be on the couch every single day watching Netflix? I think what that's saying to me is I'm craving some rest right now to unplug and rest and rejuvenate is what my spirit's asking me to do. That would give me joy. So I think what's happening for women is, you know, we're not used to rest. At least I know in my experience, my mom still to this day is like rest. That's for lazy people. Like she still says that there's Mm -hmm. this like seed of like, if I actually take a day off and sit on the couch and watch Netflix and just recharge my battery, somehow I'm being lazy. Somehow I'm not showing up. Somehow I'm going to miss something. Somehow I'm, I'm not being the woman I'm supposed to be. And that has, that's a delicate dance because do I believe you should sit on the couch every day and just relax and not do anything in your life? I a hundred percent tell you that is not going to lead to joy. Um, but I do think there's moments There are moments, yesterday being one of them, I said to my husband, my day just kind of shifted. And I said, I'm really craving a day where we just watch a movie in the middle of the day. When was last time we did that? And we sat on the couch, we watched a movie together and it was so replenishing, but I'm not doing that again today. So what I, to answer your question in sort of more a simple term direct way is I think what she's feeling is she needs some replenishment. And I think she's fearing giving herself that, that somehow she's going to be, go down the spiral of not showing up in her life and business. I would say to her, just do it for one day, just try it for one day. And then tomorrow when you wake up, what's going to bring me joy today? Maybe you're replenished and your joy is going to be like, I want to hit the ground running in my business, or I want to go meet a friend for lunch. But I, uh, yeah, it's, I don't think it's, we have to think everything's such an extreme. I agree. And giving your mind, like you said, those parameters and those boundaries, you know, and then you can trust that practice. You could say, okay, I will allow myself to do this thing for this one day or this certain amount of time or whatever it might be. And then you build that muscle up and you build that trust with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I just recorded a podcast actually today for the Becoming Iconic podcast on theming your week because there's something really interesting around time freedom. And I think we misunderstand what time freedom is. I think we think time freedom is that we have nothing to do. We put our feet up at the beach for the rest of our lives. And you know, we're that that's it. That's the epitome of success. And again, if we were on the beach every day, putting our feet up on a lounger, it would eventually lose its luster. It eventually wouldn't feel the way it would for the first week or two weeks or even month. Eventually we would be bored. So I think for me, it's it's realizing that life is about squeezing every last drop out of everything we get to do. And when you realize that time freedom is actually owning the way you live out your days, it doesn't mean you have all this time on your hands and nothing to do with it. It actually means you're curating your day in a way that makes you feel fulfilled that gives presence to all of the things that are important to you and the people who are important to you, that you are contributing to the world and making an impact, that you've looked after yourself and and been in tune with what you feel you need, what your body is telling you, that you've nourished yourself. That's time freedom. 
but we don't understand that. So we need to sort of like divorce that idea that time freedom means we have all this time and nothing to do. Time freedom means you get to do what you want to do when you want to do it on your own terms. And theming your week and scheduling yourself is one of the best ways to start introducing more of that. I will link that podcast below because I, I know people who are going to just want to click right over and listen to that for more of you, because I think this conversation, things we've talked about, I know it's going to find people. And I have found those people through podcasts before. Can, can you share with us how you work with people, how you are out in the community and the ways that you would love people to find you and participate in this conversation with you? Oh, thank you. I appreciate that generosity. There's lots of ways to work with Becoming Iconic. It's quite uh, an enterprise, quite a company. And it's really about us pursuing that best version. It's about the conversation we had today. That's really the this, this seed and the, the brand promise of supporting you as a woman to spreading your wings and opening up your heart and opening up your eyes and your mind to what is possible and actually having the audacity to go after it, actually taking the bold steps to see how beautiful and divine and infinite your potential is. So there's an agency that's a part of it. We love serving entrepreneurs, whether it's through branding, marketing, podcast services. I just love the idea of working with a, a small group of women and really supporting them to be seen, heard, and felt. There's mentorship with me. I, I've been doing mentorship for a very long time. It is my heart and soul. I love it. I love building businesses. I love building lives. So there's always opportunity in there and there's all sorts of different ways to plug in. But I think the best way to get to know me and if there's something in this conversation that did spark something in someone is the podcast, Becoming Iconic, or the magazine. I developed the magazine last year and it's really gone well, it's created quite a following and it think of it like Forbes meets Vogue. The whole intention behind it every month is that it gives you access to industry moguls. It gives you business advice that you can apply to your business immediately, but it also supports you in inviting more of that pleasure, the beauty, the luxury into your life today, not waiting for a certain income level to invite that in, but actually realizing, oh, wait, I can light a candle and that can change the whole environment of my space. So I love that. And the digital copy is free for people to read. And uh, I think those are just, I, I love those resources. So I'm pretty proud of them. It's really exciting. There's something about a podcast, especially that lets you get to hear people's energy and attention from their voice and learn from them in such amazing ways. So we'll, of course, have all of that linked below the website, the Instagram, the podcast with the episode that we linked and the magazine. And I believe there's also if people would like to, there is a meeting your iconic self meditation on your website that people can load. Yeah, there is. That that meditation was quite um, special for me. I was someone who really just didn't understand meditation. I'm really great with prayer. Meditation, there was a little bit of uh, a practice for me. The idea of quieting myself and not thinking of something was, woof, that was a challenge. And it was a few years ago that I had my first I believe meditation hook, you know, what people talk about where you have those experiences. I had it where I was visiting that future version of myself and I literally walked the beach with her. It was so vivid. I can remember it to this day, I, everything about myself. I can see her and feel her. And, and it was such a beautiful gift because I realized so so little of the outcome had to do with designer bags and things and everything to do with 
happiness and joy and love and memories. And so I recorded my own meditation based on that experience. My desire and hope is that maybe somebody else gets to have that where you see yourself and you realize this hustle, this grind, this pursuit of things. Yes, there's some great things we get to acquire in our lives, but the the greatest gift of all is who we become and the peacefulness and the joy that that embodies. And to me, that is something that I hope we all get to taste a little of. Thank you so much. And thank you again for being a guest. Just been such an absolutely powerful, shifting, and really important conversation. And I'm a huge fan of the work that you're doing. And I just really appreciate your time today. Thank you. I appreciate you. 